Adair Companies, welcome back to Touch Base. We are entering into another conversation as we journey through diversity, equity, inclusion, and what that means for us. And I am super excited uh, to invite my friend into this conversation, uh, Brandy Stewart. Uh, Brandy comes to us from the Texas Tech Athletic Department. Uh, she is an executive senior associate with the athletic department, and she oversees, I said technically you are the senior woman administrator for yes. all of Texas Tech Athletics, yes. which sounds like you're an amazingly important person <laughs> on campus. Mm -hmm. Isn't that how it works? Like the longer your title, the more important you are? I think it's the longer the title. Um, it just proves that they couldn't really summarize all that I do, so they just figured they would <laughs> confuse people with more words. That works. That works. Yeah. So welcome to our, our podcast. Thank so you. Thank Thanks you for, for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, as we always do, we want to get to know our guests a little bit and like give you a chance to tell your story. So uh, you and I have had this conversation several times, but tell them, yeah. you know, kind of who you are, how you got here. I mean, anything you want to say about your, your journey, we'd love to, to know more about you. Yeah, what a ride. Um, I'm originally from Southern California. I am the youngest of two daughters. Uh, my sister is a UCLA undergrad, and she went to Hastings Law School. My parents both went to college. Okay. Um, they're still married to this day. So, I mean, they've known each other for like 50-plus years. Um, and so my sister and I were blessed to grow up in a two-parent household. And um, for us, education and, and athletics were really important. Um, so it was traveling, we had a motorhome, so we got to kind of see the country and, and see parts of the world. Um, and it was always a topic of discussion about school and what you're doing, but my dad also coached us a lot in sports. So sports just was ingrained and um, I was lucky enough to have softball be my vehicle uh, to get to college and to explore this this world of being a student athlete. So mm -hmm. I was a student athlete at Florida State. I played softball there for four years, um, was honored to be inducted into the Hall of Fame at Florida State in 2015. Um, and I worked in college athletics just based off of the experience that I had as a student athlete. I was very, very fortunate to have a wonderful group of athletic administrators who kind of groomed me and grew me as a person and poured into me, especially living across the country from my family um, and just that experience really um, resonated with me and I wanted to be able to have the same kind of impact on student athletes that came after me. Mm -hmm. So athletics has been the field that I have been fortunate enough to work and grow in and I mean I've worked, I started off my career working at the, um, at, uh, excuse me, the Atlantic Coast Conference office. I was um, with the ACC for a little bit. I've worked at Florida State a couple times. I've worked at Alabama. Um, I went back to California. I left college athletics altogether at one point in my career and thought that it was just too much in the hustle and bustle. I wasn't really like living my life. I was consumed by my job because I wanted to do uh, so well. And so I went back to California, worked in high school sports for about three years. Um, and that was pretty cool. I got to reconnect with family and friends mm -hmm. and see and do different things. Um, but I was bored out of my mind. I was bored. <laughs> um, and my job in, in high school sports was fantastic, but 
Um, I miss the student-athlete interaction. I miss the movement and the challenges that college athletics brings. And so an opportunity presented itself for me to go back into college athletics, back to Florida, but at a different institution. Um, so I served UCF, the University of Central Florida, for six years and um, had just an amazing time. I worked with and for some really amazing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that uh, experience, I got a call about, a job at Texas Tech to serve as their executive senior associate athletic director and senior woman administrator. Um, and at the time, as much as I loved what I was doing in Orlando, I I wanted to continue to challenge myself and to continue yeah. to learn from some other thought leaders. And Kirby Hoka is, is someone who's really widely respected in college athletics. And so I figured, you know, if not now, when? The most important thing that I do though, and I know we're not gonna talk about this here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, is I'm a mom um, to a little five-year-old, amazing little person. Um, and I'm blessed to be his mom and he is blessed to be my boss. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's every day is a humbling opportunity for, so, for me. So let me speak to that. I have a 13, almost 14 year old daughter. Yeah. I, I feel bossed around a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So the, it just the levels, there's yeah. levels to it this. So worse. he's five and it'll get worse. It gets yeah. worse. It gets worse. It but gets better and worse. You know, watching them grow. I mean, every year, you know, people have asked like, Parker's now in kindergarten and people are like, oh, did you cry when he went to kindergarten? I'm like, no, I don't really cry in those milestones. I literally cry every birthday. I'm like, we made it. We made it another year. You're alive. I'm alive. You're dressed. You're fed. You're a good human being. Like, this is fantastic. That's awesome. Um, But, you know, I tell people at work all the time, uh, we talk a lot about transparency and I, I'm, I'm trying to infuse this idea of being uncomfortable in situations so that we can continue to grow. Yeah. And I tell folks, there is nothing that you can say to me that my son hasn't already said, or like he hurts my feelings every day. So please, like, just give it to me. I can take it. I'm still here. So um, yeah, he definitely prepares me for my job every day, which yeah. is nice. You know, opportunities call and yeah. and he gets to see so much and, and being around student athletes, he thinks he's a student athlete. So, um, you know, you can't pass up those opportunities either for, for growth. Well, I like the way that you said opportunities call, because I think one of the things I've appreciated about you over the last several months of us getting to know each other and have conversations is just you you see diversity, equity, inclusion taking care of, especially uh, the women in uh, the sports athletic department, those type like you see it as a calling Mm -hmm. and upon your life. And you can I can see that passion in you. And so I just thoroughly thank you for what you do. Uh, But that's also the reason why you're here, because I get a chance to speak to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Well, most days. Uh, Yeah. So so you mentioned it. uh, You you mentioned a segment of the Red Raider, the Red Raider way. You talked about this journey with Texas Tech Athletics. Um, What did you notice or what did you guys notice that wasn't happening that needed to happen? What what were the motivations? Kind of what went into like oh, we need to actively make a strategy here because yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. Where we realize something, we are in the process of creating a strategy, we recognize some things, but I'm wondering what did y'all recognize and mm-hmm. see that kind of led you to this? So, you know, I think that that vision happened prior to my coming here um, and that was really part of Kirby's intent and his intentionality and what he wanted to do with this position and where he wanted to go with DEIB. Um, they previously within the athletic department had some subgroups that were created to help with messaging or 
programming or just like touching base with student athletes and staff um, in a way that supported DEI. Um, they didn't have the B then, so that supported DEI um, efforts. And after the murder of George Floyd, as we all did in college athletics, like that was a huge wake up call for a lot of folks. And it really elevated and amplified the voices of our student athletes, empowered a lot of student athletes of color to speak, empowered some of their teammates to advocate on behalf of, and and this galvanizing of these young people who decided like, we have a voice and you're gonna listen. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of athletic departments that reacted to those voices and wanted to make sure that they could provide support and, um, and sometimes just simply like, react in the most yeah. simplest form to what these young people were talking about. And so um, one of the the outcomes of what happened here at Texas Tech prior to my arrival and after the murder of George Floyd was the birth of this Black Student Athlete Alliance. And mm-hmm. so there was a young a group of young men and women, student athletes of color who came together and through the Black Student Athlete Alliance created kind of a call to action for the athletic department, for the adults. So the administrators, the coaches, staff of the things that they would like to see in order to demonstrate more support for their student athletes of color. One of the initiatives that we're we're trying to do as well, so our student athletes get into the community, we would like for there to be more um, design behind what we're doing and intentionality Mm -hmm. behind how we get into the community. Um, And so we're working on that, but the other thing is that Um, We also want to create some opportunities for our student athletes, coaches, and staff as an athletic department to go out into the Lubbock community Um, because there there is this reality that there's also some connective tissue missing between um, the some folks that may be in under-resourced or in marginalized areas, even in Lubbock, who don't feel like they have access to Texas Tech. Yeah. And it is such a disservice to people within a community of a college town where they don't feel like they can come to campus or that they have the right to be a Texas Tech Red Raider yeah. or whatever that is. But some of that is really just like people can't be what they can't see or sometimes mm. they're just waiting for the invitation or whatever it is. So how can we intentionally go out into the community to say you belong here too yeah if i belong here you belong yeah. here and and if we want you to support us we 100 percent need to be able to support you so just trying to find some more meaningful ways for us to be able to give back and make real connections yeah. with the community is important for us um so that is something that's going to be coming down the pike where we can identify some bigger days like in, in my perfect world at my previous institution we just had a week where we did days of doing. And so we went in, we used to go to, and you know, thank God for budgets getting cut. We used to take our student athletes at my at UCF um, overseas and we would do what we called Nights Without Borders. And we would, um, we would uh, have um, our student athletes go into underdeveloped countries and wow. they would um, work with Courts for Kids and um, an organization that builds sport courts for mm-hmm. and in yeah. rural areas. Yeah. Um, and so at one point we were having some budget issues there and we weren't able to fund the trip one year. And so my athletic director was like, well, that doesn't mean that we have to lose the spirit of what we're doing. There's a lot of good that we can be doing here in Orlando. And so we did Orlando Without Borders and we went into the community and we partnered with different groups and we 
gave people an opportunity to give back, but do it together. So you had student athletes. I mean, our athletic director was helping us build a house, you know, Danny White's, you know, painting or putting up side um, siding or whatever it was. But what's cool is all of it really comes back to community building within our athletic department too. Yep. But it's what you were talking about and shared experiences, shared spaces, and you never know what people are willing to say or share with you when you've given them just a little bit of your time. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's hopefully what we can do next summer. We'll identify some days and we'll get out into the community yeah. and we'll figure out how we continue to make those connections. Well, and you're highlighting a couple of things I think are huge. And, and I think this is huge for even like workplace type of opportunities. The, the first thing I love is it's not just shared experience, it's shared mission. Mm -hmm. Like you have a mission and it's about something bigger than you. Yeah. It's about something that doesn't just it doesn't feed what your ambition is. It's mm -hmm. strictly just to give to others, mm -hmm. which is comes back to the human piece of it. The other thing too is, you know, you and I have gotten to have a lot of these conversations, yeah. but there's also something very healthy that takes place when we have this conversation because we're doing something together for someone else and that yeah. side by side conversation, yeah. um, which just enhances our ability to uh, be more open, yeah. um, to share more things with one another. Mm -hmm. uh, it, you know, I have a, uh, it's, I think about it a little bit in terms of like talking to both of my children, mm -hmm. whereas when they were younger, it was easy to have this conversation with mm -hmm. them. Uh, but now the best conversations we have are when we're in the car mm -hmm. and we're all staring out the front windshield mm -hmm. or, you know, they're looking out the side or, or yeah. whatever. But adding new dynamics to how you can talk is, yeah. is kind of where I, I was going with that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I want to ask you something about your life experience. Uh, which is very helpful in this conversation because of the, the athletic piece that you bring. Mm -hmm. um, you've been in teamwork type stuff all of your life. Yeah. Um, building teams is messy sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easy. I mean, it, sometimes teams gel pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, at other times, it's getting people into the right positions mm -hmm. before they can really gel. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's uh, to use like a Jim Collins type of comment. Sometimes it's helping people off of the bus. Yeah. And being like, not the right person yeah, on the bus right now. Yeah, this next stop, I think, That's is right. more you, appropriate for you. You might want to get on another bus. Yeah, uh, but But all that to say, I'd love for you to talk us through, particularly with softball. Okay. I grew up playing baseball. I understand that uh, different positions have different skill sets. Mm -hmm. There's some similarities around the, the field, mm -hmm. uh, but you have different skill sets, different things you focus on. You see the whole field in a different way yeah. based upon what position you play, mm -hmm. but you're one team yeah. working towards something. Talk about teamwork development. Hmm. Talk about appreciating skill sets, yeah. different perspectives, yeah. uh, the nuances of needs. Yeah. I, just anything you want to say about it would be great. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm also going to write something because I don't want to forget it. Okay. I'm going to still talk about softball because it's the greatest sport <laughs> in the world um, in my time. So a couple of things. One, a caveat to understand is I'm a coach's kid. Okay. So... I've always seen team and the concept of team a little bit differently, um, but have loved and thrive in team settings. What I love about being a part of a team is that it is collective, that everybody does have a role, that those roles are defined by the position that you play. Mm -hmm. So like every position has an assignment. There's yeah. only certain things that you can do as a first baseman that you right. can't do as a second baseman, you can't do as a center fielder. Yeah. And there's certain skills that you need for each of those positions and everybody knows and understands that. So nobody expects for me to pitch the ball from second base. Yeah. 
Nobody expects for me, you know, to make a diving catch into the left field fence from third base. But people expect you to fill the role of your position. That's what you've been asked to do. What I have learned and what has carried through with me as a woman, but from the time I was a kid, was was this idea of a, of a collective responsibility, but then also what I have been really fortunate in having coaches that wanted to cultivate students of the game. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been in environments where, and most of my coaches were men, um, but I've always been in environments where one, men are empowering young women so that was awesome for me yep. and has carried with me. So all the people that don't like me and the things that I say blame my coaches because they told me I could do whatever <laughs> I wanted to do. And so, um, you know, there's that, right, of like, I'm going to give you all of the tools that you need in order to be successful. And I'm also going to give you space to have a voice so that we're going at this together. It's collaborative. Yeah. And so there's that, right? There's also this idea of... Um, that you're all in it together and you don't have to like each other in order to respect one another for the position that you play and what you bring to the team and then how that gets us to our goal. Yeah. So that's what I've loved too is I don't have to like you to respect you. And I and like business is business, love is love. Like and we can do all of it together. Mm-hmm. And so like the differences in that and sometimes you don't always agree and you know, our coaches gave us autonomy to to call some of our own plays and do some of our own things. And what I love about softball, I don't see it as much in baseball, but what I love about that sport, and I think it might be the only one where you can do this, you can in baseball too, I don't think they do it enough, is call timeout in the middle of a game. Mm-hmm. You can call timeout, as long as the ball is dead, you can call timeout, bring everybody together, like, okay, so what are we doing? So what just happened there? Like, the wheels are falling off the bus, let's bring them back <laughs> together. And and so you have yeah. time to regroup and come mm-hmm. back together. So I just love the ability to collaborate. I love the ability to recognize people for what they do. Mm-hmm. And especially in a team sport, to also recognize that the people that might not be on the field, those nine aren't the only nine on the team. There's yeah. people on the bench that one can take your spot two can come in and help at any given time given their skill set or three are going to be there to support you even though they're not playing like there's so many different um aspects of being on teams that really do translate to to like being a productive citizen in life adversity you're not always going to win every game you're not always going to hit every ball you're not always going to pick every pitch but you do work together to help Mm -hmm. everyone get better like hey She's pitching this, this, and this. Like, she she threw me a really mean screwball. Okay, thanks. I'll look out for that when I come up to bat. Like, right. you're looking out for the next person because if they're not successful, we're not successful. Yeah. And so, like, all of those things are really important in team sports. And that is the same when you're in a boardroom with executives or when you're mm-hmm. supposed to help make people better. That's the other thing I love, too, is, like, if I'm not making my team better, then I'm not doing my job. And I had that conversation. This is a side note. You can cut this out if you want to, but this is a side note. So my son is fairly athletically inclined. Um, Soccer happens to be one of the sports that he does really well in, and he scores a lot of goals. He's five. So I'm trying to talk to him about, like, pass the ball to your teammates. Nobody's keeping score. So learn how to pass. Learn how to be a team player. 
And he has started to do more of that where he's like by the goal, but there's another person. So he just like passes the ball and lets them score, right? Like encourages them, giving them high fives. If somebody's knocked down on the field, he picks them back up, whether they're wearing the same jersey or not, because he's a that's a person too. Um, but also like I've tried, to, I, we had this conversation last weekend. I said, Parker, you're really good. You're really good. And that's cool. But you're not great unless you can make the people around you better. So, like, make the other people around you better. And, I mean, he's five. That's probably not a conversation. People are probably like, Brady, you're doing the most. Nope. But those things are really important. So, can I go to a side note real quick? This morning I was on the treadmill and I wanted to walk. So, if I walk on the treadmill, I usually watch something. So, if I'm running, I'm listening to music so that I'm not tripping over whatever I'm watching. And so, I found on Netflix um, uh, a documentary called The Redeem Team. Okay. So it was about the 2008 yep. Dream Team, or the, the 2008 USA uh, men's basketball team. Because 04 was a disaster. Horrible. 04, <laughs> 2000, uh, 2000, I think they had two Olympics that were horrible. Horrible. And so they talked through the process of how they went about their rebuilding of the brand, their approach that they changed, how to manage all of the personalities and the celebrities. Which is when they brought in Coach K, right? It's when they brought in Coach K. It's when they gave, and I'm forgetting his name, but the guy who started the Chicago Bulls franchise and then Uh, a couple of the Phoenix. Yes. So he said that the only way that he was going to do this is if he did it by himself. So he needed full autonomy to pick the coach, pick the players, all of the things. And so I'm watching this in full fascination because I love learning from people who do great things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the nuance of a college coach and Coach K, but somebody who all of those people either hated or revered or revered him and hated him at the same time, <laughs> but but he was able to do some really cool things and like humanize the process of being a team and, and humble folks by also asking them, but I still need you to bring your egos, but understand that all of your egos are gonna be under this big ego umbrella. Yeah. And bringing in members of the military and people who fight for this country to remind them that like there are other people out there that are doing things to make sure and sacrificing themselves, their families, all of these things so that you could play basketball for your country. It was it was just phenomenal. But to see all of them figure out how they could come together as a team mm-hmm. and win as a team and to hear LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul say that may have been the best team I've ever played on is phenomenal. Right. And so, you know, all of those things to say, I love what team sports and the concept of team sports brings to life yeah. to organizations to other people because you're with people that you didn't necessarily choose yeah but you're with people who have a shared mission and vision mm-hmm. understand where you're trying to go and if you're lucky you're with folks that are willing to push you to be better to accept when you're pushing them to be better and that show up for the greater good